Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. Back to The Baldface Truth with John Kanzano on 750 The Game. About a year ago, I didn't know squat about media rights, what television companies, media companies valued when it came to media rights. I just sort of waited like a bird to be fed, and uh, I would get the news. Oh, they have a new deal. Don't they have a new deal? Uh, there was a lot of confusion. Um, I uh, encountered as a source Bob Thompson, the former president of Fox Sports Networks. He's done hundreds of these deals. He's been at this for years and years and years and years. He's retired now. And I asked him, I said, look, I see there's a public service element to this because everybody's talking about how important it is to college football, college athletics, sports in general. We don't have to limit it just to college athletics, but uh, he's done a lot of good work. And, he, you know, he can blame me for getting on Twitter. I told him to get on Twitter, and he did. And now he's got quite a following there, and he's educating a lot of people, doing a little bit of consulting, I'm sure. And he's joining us now. And uh, thank you, Bob Thompson, for making time for us. My pleasure, John. Good to be back again. Let's uh, let's dive in. All right. So, you know, the Pac-12 is, you know, in this ongoing negotiation for their media rights. And, you know, I, I keep hearing, uh, you know, December 14th is the Regents meeting with UCLA. But uh, December 15th, the media companies go away. What happens on December 15th in these media companies, Bob? Tell us Tell us about the industry. I don't know. I must have missed that memo of the 25 years I was in the business because <laughs> the last half of December is extremely busy. You've got a ton of events going on. So, you know, we're not unlike, you know, journalists in that we work all day. We go to an event that night. We get on a plane on the weekend and go to another event. And we get home a Sunday night and we do it all over again the whole next week. So this whole idea that, you know, the media business shuts down at that second half of the of the holidays or the second half of December is a bit of a fallacy. You know, maybe the movie side or the entertainment side, but for sports, it's extremely busy. I mean, every year up to the last stroke of the clock on midnight, there's some negotiation going on for some channel to get carried on your cable system. And if it's not done, it gets thrown off. So people are not only are they work in the second half, they're working right up till the last stroke of midnight on the 31st. I know why I go to games. Like I go to the PAC 12 championship game because I want to talk to people there and talk to sources and see the game up close and write about it and maybe take my readers and listeners somewhere that they can't go. Why would a media executive go out to an event and actually be on site? Well, certainly if it's a game that you're producing, there's there's a, a need to be there just in case, you know, the sky falls. But e even if it's not a game that you're actually producing, uh, but it's just a big event, say, for instance, um, you know, sports, especially on the right side of things, is such a relationship business. You need to be seen. You need to be there. You need to, you know, press the flesh. And, you know, it's just very important part of the business so that they know you're you're as invested in this business as as they are. 
Bob Thompson with us, former president, Fox Sports Networks. Uh, Deion Sanders comes to Colorado and it brings some some buzz with him. And immediately we see George Kuyavkov talking, and at first he says, you know, hey, this uh, you know this was a reason maybe to uh, to to hold off the negotiation or delay our negotiation, as if Dion is adding value, like nominal value, to the media rights picture. What was your reaction when you saw all that? And then subsequently, Klyovkov kind of walked that back a little bit and explained it. But what was just the general feel of Dion Sanders and his value to the Pac-12? Well, I think Dion definitely brings some value to the Pac-12. I think, um, you know, anytime you get exposure of things like that, that's certainly um, important for the conference. From a financial standpoint, though, I think the value is mostly going to be in Boulder. Um, you know, certainly from a attendance standpoint, from a donor standpoint, from a ticket standpoint, uh, sponsorship deals, maybe their radio deals up, things like that that could be renegotiated and monetized. But from a national standpoint, and say I'm a national media partner with the conference, I don't really look at who's coaching what. Um, you know, they might help Colorado win some more games. But that just means that some other school in the, in the conference is going to lose more games. And so you don't really look at conferences per se. Plus, I assume they are fairly far down the road on this. And I can't imagine uh, on the re- renewal. And I can't imagine the TV guys sitting there going, oh, okay, now, now Dion's there. Um, so let's pay him more money in, you know, for a deal that hasn't even started in a couple of years. So I don't, I don't think that it's going to, you know, increase the dollars. And I was, I was happy to see the commissioner kind of walk that statement back. But I think there's a benefit to see you. I mean, look at it this way, John. I was looking, and there's been like during this current TV deal that started in like 2012, there's still got another year to go, so there's probably going to be more. There's been 42 Pac-12 head coaches. Hmm. Wow. So you're going to tell me that one guy – it's, you know, it's, the odds are kind of stacked against him. And yeah. so it just doesn't make sense that it's going to be – I think it's great for the conference, don't get me wrong. I think it's great for CU. I lived in Colorado a long time. I've known Rick George for a lot of years. And I think they, they made a, a real bold move. And I, I really hope it works out for them because they, they needed to make that kind of move. Is there – you know, help us with media rights and co- sort of what, what they would include – you know, I heard people talking about could there be a reality television show if they signed with somebody like, uh, you know, if Amazon is part of their package, could they include, hey, we're going to allow you uh, additional access and additional rights for some other things? Would that would that be included in a traditional deal, or is is that a deal that maybe Colorado cuts? Who owns those rights? Yeah, I think it just depends on on the scenario. Um, you know, if I'm Dion's folks, I'm thinking they probably think Dion's going to lose rights, but right. <laughs> you know, there's probably some combination of the conference, the institution and, and the coach. And I think that's a very, you know, possible idea um, for some sort of a, you know, for lack of a better word, we'll call it a hard knocks type show. And I know the PAC 12 has done some shows, PAC 12 networks has done some shows like that as well. And I think that's, that's the, I mean, clearly, right now, that is the uh, number one candidate for that type of a show with DCU, just because of the newness, just because it's Dion. I mean, he's a very big, big, big personality. 
And um, I think it would be a great thing. Now, again, that's not going to really necessarily play into the rights deal for the value of the games uh, in the terms of football, basketball, et cetera. But it's still, that's great for the conference. Somebody asked me about foreign rights, and they asked me, you know, they said, look, there's a market in China that Larry Scott tried to tap into with the China initiative, and I meant to ask you about it. You know, how do foreign rights, how are those handled, and how different is that from the the media rights that we're generally talking about domestically here? You can get a little bit of traction on foreign rights. They tend to like like, uh, uh, men's and women's basketball more than they like college football. Um, it's not a huge, huge market. I think it's important to expose your product over there. And I think it's important to potentially attract students from over there, uh, to your institutions. But in terms of it being a, a, a big, um, you know, money outlet, not a huge thing, but the exciting thing about, you know, with some of these new streaming technologies is, you know, you put a sluggier product on prime, it's, it's available everywhere. It's not just the United States. You know, they can flip a switch and that, that can go from, you know, Shanghai to Rio and all points in between. So um, that's another good reason to have a streamer. Whereas, you know, if it's, if you're dealing with networks, you've got to go country by country, you know, platform by platform around the world. It's very, it's a very, very laborious process to get those rights distributed. Bob Thompson, former president, Fox Sports Networks, is with us. Um, you know, the the blend, we've talked about this before, but I kind of want to just get, you know, as you marinate with this, and it it feels to me, and I'm not the expert, you are, that the Pac-12 is dealing with some new partners here. Otherwise, this deal would have just been as done as quickly as the Big 12's, um, you know, rubber stamp, let's, let's renew this. Um, the blend in your mind with a streamer, linear, pr- traditional providers, what's the right balance that if, if you were advising on this, Bob, that you would advise the Pac-12 to seek? Well, I think you, you want to have ESPN and NBC, you know, your kind of your linear cable and broadcast networks be your uh, primary outlets for the highest profile events. You know, the, the reach allotted by the linear networks, be it broadcast or cable, is still, you know, well beyond what the streaming can do. There was um, some information that came out recently that shows that if you're looking at entertainment programming, stre- people watch streaming almost as much as they watch broadcasting cable networks for entertainment programming. But when it comes to sports, nearly 97% of all sports is consumed on broadcast and cable linear networks as opposed to streaming. So it's very little sports on streaming at this point. You've got some ESPN stuff. You've got the prime game. You've got, you, know, you will have the MLS games, things like that. But for sports, the, the tr- traditional bundle continues to be the, the primary source for viewing. So I think, you know, the big, the Pac-12 would be smart to continue to do that with the primary events, but they're also going to, you know, Amazon's not going to just say, okay, we want all what's left. So Amazon's, Amazon's definitely going to have a taste of things. I'm still interested to see how ultimately the Pac-12 networks plays into this, this whole thing. And I think that could be one of the reasons why it's, it's taking so long um, to, for this deal to get done, because it's clearly a new paradigm going forward, different 
you know, con- compared to what has been the past, they still believe and I'm still hearing that Fox is not in. Fox is full up. They're very happy with what they've got and um, you know, never say never. But it seems to me that it that ESPN Amazon drum is beating pretty loudly. Bob Thompson with us, former president, Fox Sports Networks. The value of the media rights with UCLA versus without, we've touched on this before. You've drilled deep deep on it. Um, You know, there's a big decision coming next week, five days from now. It's likely that UCLA's gone um, in going to the Big Ten, so it's likely they'll be without it. But let's just say if uh, they're putting these two figures in front of the Regents, Bob, you know, what's the difference in value in your mind with – 11 teams, including UCLA, and 10 teams not including UCLA? Well, I think I originally had suggested that, thinking back here to to June or early July, that I thought they'd get close to 500 if both the two schools were in. Um, and then I went down to 300, maybe, you know, 350 total. Um, for the conference if they figured out something to do, figured out some way to monetize the Pac-12 network. So, you know, I think USC carries a lot more water than uh, UCLA does in terms of value, um, even though certainly the, the product under Chip Kelly has, has continued to improve. So, you know, probably I'd say, you know, 125 might assign to UCLA, so that would leave 75 to I mean, to USC, 125, sadly, 75 to UCLA, which if you add the 300, you know, you get 375, but, you know, now you divide it 11 ways. So, Mm -hmm. you know, instead of 10 ways, and everybody has to remember that fact that, you know, the the, the number that is divided into the total nut is, you know, can can make a big difference. Yeah, so it's 375 million divided 11 ways is about 34 million. And uh, obviously, 300 million divided 10 ways is 30 million. So it's a difference of about 4 million per per school on the distribution. Um, and yet, the Pac-12 is saying, you know, they feel confident they're going to have a number that will beat the Big 12. How how are they going to get there? Well, I think it's going to come down to the end of the day how they monetize Pac-12 networks, and that's something that that the Big 12 doesn't have. And so that could be the factor that, that gets them up and above what the what the Big 12 is getting on a per-school basis. Do Are we going to have to unpack that, though? Because there's going to be some costs with the network. If they're doing a bunch of production, if they, you know, they may claim that on the revenue side, but they're going to have some expenses, too, that the others don't have. Yeah, that's true. I think, um, it, you know, it just depends if it falls under, you know, maybe it falls under Amazon's P&L as opposed to the mm-hmm. conference's P&L. So there's, there's a bunch of different ways to structure it. And there's, you know, when comparing rights deals, it's a very tricky situation because different conferences account for money in different ways. I mean, I'll see numbers that include NCAA credits, college football, I mean, NCAA basketball credits, uh, playoff credits or bowl game credits, CFP credits things like that, it's this gigantic number. Well, then they compare it to some guy who's got, you know, a $230 million rights deal, and it's divided by 10 teams, so it looks like it's $50 million versus $20 million. But it's not an apples-to-apples comparison, and so you really have to kind of drill down and, and, and deconstruct the deals and see just exactly what is what. And, 
Uh, I think that's certainly something that will have to be done ultimately with the uh, Pac-12 deal. When you, If you want to start playing this, uh, we got more than you got type thing. Yeah, that has become oddly uh, important, it feels like, to the conferences. Why do you think that's important? Why is why is this Big 12, Pac-12 thing become kind of a rivalry? You know, I don't, I don't know. I think it was because I think you know, maybe, what was it, a year ago, and a lot of people thought the Pac-12 was going to swallow the Big 12, and then the Big yeah. 12, you know, the Pac-12 said, well, we don't want to do that. And then with the Pac-12, a lot of people thought the Big 12 was going to, you know, after USC and UCLA announced, well, everybody thought it was going to be the other way around. And, you know, that kind of fell apart. So there's, you know, clearly some competition, you know, based on those type of things. I think certainly geography has something to do with it. You know, we're, we're directly adjacent to each other. Got a schools, you know, Colorado used to be in the Big 12. I think there's a number of other schools that, um, you know, are, are directly adjacent to other Big 12 conference schools states-wise and would, you know, might look that way as well. But I don't really believe anything's going to happen with any more um, realignment, significant realignment. You know, there might be some expansion uh, for a couple of, you know, maybe some schools have a potential, you know, certainly Yormark at the Big 12 seems to want, still want to have a specific time slot and right now, the closest he's got is a mountain one with BYU. Um, San Diego State's kind of sitting out there is probably the, you know, the, the prettiest girl without a date at this point. And um, certainly, I think as the big, the Pac-12 finalizes their television, I would expect that there's some significant conversation with San Diego State. It, and, and my guess is there's probably been some pretty significant discussions already. I am told that as well by a source at San Diego State, that they have uh, been in a dance with the Pac-12, and uh, everything that we're hearing publicly is what they're being told behind the scenes, that the timeline will be media rights and then expansion, and they're kind of looking into Q1 of next year and thinking that's when it will happen. From a media rights standpoint, San Diego State makes sense. Southern California, 1.1 million households in San Diego, television households. Who else makes sense, Bob, as you uh, sort of spitball that? Well, there's, there's a number of schools that I kind of lump in the same same area, and it depends if you're, you know, if you ask me the question for the Big 12, I might have a slightly different answer, but for the Pac-12, um, you know, it would certainly be San Diego State, probably Fresno State, Boise State, UNLV, maybe SMU, uh, if you want to stake a claim in Texas and, and really take a, you know, a run at recruiting that, that state. Uh, if you ask me for the big 12, you know, to me, the school that's most like big 12 schools, uh, is Fresno state, um, the central Valley. You, I mean, you, you live there, you, yep. you know, the mentality yep. there and it's, it, it's, it just feels a lot more like big 12 than it does pac 12. Uh, you know, UNLV, Boise State could kind of go either way. Um, SMU, you know, none of those schools in Texas are going to let SMU in. They don't, they don't want to share anymore. So um, that, that's kind of how I, I see it. You know, there's there's a couple other you know, others out there that are but nothing that really sticks out at me beyond, you know, UNLV, Boise State, Fresno State, San Diego State, and SMU. There you go. Hey, Bob, I appreciate your time and your expertise and 
wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, and uh, appreciate you as a public service coming on the show and educating us. Let me ask you the, the dumb questions that I have. My pleasure. It's always, it's always enjoyable, John. All right. You take care of yourself. There's Bob Thompson, former president, Fox Sports Networks. I hope you feel smarter. I do after that. Kelly Graves, University of Oregon women's basketball coach. He has something he wants to get off his chest. Told me he's got a peeve that he wants to share at 4 o'clock. What's his rant going to be? Stick around and find out. We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald Hey, sorry to interrupt the podcast, but... If you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.